It's that wonderful time of the year when it seems like your kid is sick every single week between colds, flus, and allergies. There is a strong possibility that your child could be out more than they are in, especially if this is their first year of daycare or preschool. So when do you send them back? Are there some rules that are just overkill? This week on the podcast, we'll give you guidance on when it is safe to send your child back to school and when they need to stay home just a little bit longer. Plus, if there is one thing Jennifer and I have plenty of experience with, it's twins. And twins provide their own unique set of challenges. As a mom in Connecticut is quickly discovering, she's having a hard time keeping them down for a nap. We'll talk about the best ways to keep twins asleep, or at least down, during nap time, and why it's important to give each twin their own time. I'm Laura. And I'm Jennifer. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. And remember, the best decision is the one you make. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hi, Mom's on Call. I'm Vicki, and we live in Macon, Georgia. My two-year-old son started daycare in September and has been sick three times since he started. Of course, that is to be expected with him going to be with other kids full-time for the first time since he was born. But the bummer thing is we still have to pay for days that he's not there. And I did the calculations, and he's been out more days than he's been in. And I'm wondering if maybe I'm keeping him out too long when he's sick. Each time we keep him out until he's recovered, about 10 days. That overkill? I'm getting the sense that other parents are not quite as respectful. Today, it's been over 48 hours since he had a fever. But he's coughing and congested and quite boogery. <laughs> I would feel bad sending him to school in the state, but maybe I shouldn't? How long should kids stay out when they're sick? Our daycare said a fever had to be gone with medication for 48 hours, but what do I do when he is still congested like this? Thanks so much. All kids in daycare are boogery from October to February. That's just the way it is. It's the boogery months. It is the boogery months. And, you know, so Jennifer and I have, you know, taken so many calls for our pediatrician's practice here in Atlanta for many, many, many years. And this is one of those questions that came up all the time. And the truth is, there's not a definitive answer, right? There's just not. Some daycares do have their guidelines. Some pediatricians are, you know, have a little bit different. So make sure you get with your daycare. No. So we know that your daycare says, hey, if they're 48 hours off of medication and fever free for that 48 hours, they can come back. I'm going to go a one step deeper. We really want them to be back to themselves 75% of what their, their normal is, right? Which means they're eating, 
They're not limp like a noodle. They're not, you know, completely whiny and crying all day long. They're back to playing and eating and all those activities of daily living. They're kind of back to their normal self. Maybe not 100%, but they're pretty much back to their self and they're fever-free. And so that's what we look at. We look at the activities of daily living, and that's eating, sleeping, general daily affect, or general daily attitude. And if we have two out of those three that are, you know, pretty much functioning, yeah, functioning well, then we can go. If they're wonky, two or more, then we stay home. And so- It's a good gauge. Yeah. And it's going to be a different amount of days every time. So you can go as- Soon as 48 hours, fever-free, without medication. 10 days, you know, as just an arbitrary number for always. Also, is you said, you know, does that seem like a little much? It does for every illness. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a way to land in the middle. Two out of three of the activities of daily living are kind of back online, and that's feeding, sleeping, and general daily affect, if two of those are doing relatively, like Laura said, 75% back online for that child and they're fever-free for 48 hours, they can go back. So that kind of gives you a gauge to be able to get some of those days you paid for (laughs) back and to feel like you're doing the right thing by your community, by your child, and even by your own heart and schedule. We know you also need some of those days, and you've shared some of those snotty days with them. But also on the good side, this is the time that they develop such a great healthy immune system. They are building antibodies to everything. And so usually we'll get this in those seasons from October to February, between 10 and 12 upper respiratory type in, um, viruses, However, the following year... It's a little less. It's less. It's a lot less. And the following year, a lot less. So it's you're actually, you know, really helping them to build a healthy immune system. Hey, Laura, how many hours do you think infants spend in their crib every day? Oh, gosh. At least 12. At least 14 to 15. Yes. That's a lot of time. It is. So you think you want to be comfortable there. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I'm a little jealous. Really? Because we were talking to one of the girls who was able to test the Moms on Call Colgate crib mattress. It's the Sleep and Grow. And her comment was, I want to curl myself up small enough to be able to lay on this mattress. It is so comfortable. It is so comfortable. And I love the way that we chose to do it. We chose and designed it specifically the way we wanted it done, right? So it's so cute. Yes. And it is firm on one side for that newborn, but then you can flip it over. It grows with your furniture and your baby. Oh my gosh. That's just the best. But it's not only comfortable, although I feel like comfort, if you're going to be there more than 12 hours a day, it's pretty essential. It also really supports healthy growth and development. It's a waterproof. It cleans up. It, waterproof. Who are we kidding? You know, fluids <laughs> right. come out of babies. All, everywhere. Yeah. So <laughs> it's quote unquote waterproof, safe, eco-friendly. Like they just told us that we could shoot for the moon. So we did. And we we so did. And we had yeah. so much fun doing that. And it's, it's packed with 5.5 inches 
of eco-friendly or foam, and it's made with sustainable plant oils, that was super important to us. It was. Well, and also the fire retardant capabilities, you know, sometimes we worry about those things that we put on them, but this barrier is safe for baby. So yeah, so it's flame retardant. It is eco-friendly. It's breathable. We, we thought of everything that we could think of, but most important, it's comfortable and available. So go check out the Mom's on Call Sleep and Grow Mattress that we partnered with Colgate for at momsoncall.com. Hi, my name is, is, is Kristen Bell. I'm from Bristol, Connecticut. Um, I have three-month-old twins. Um, and we just started following the schedule, the 8- to 12-week schedule. Uh, and they're doing pretty good with it, except that they're having very short, as the day goes on, they're... I have to go in and um, soothe them for naps. They only nap about 20 minutes, and then I have to go in and soothe them. Um, I try to wait the five minutes, but they usually, uh, you know, keep, continue to cry. So I was just until I go in and soothe them, and it, it's, we're having a very difficult time obtaining an hour and a half nap as the day goes on. Um, so I was just wondering if there's any tips or tricks to kind of increase nap time without having to go in constantly and soothe. Uh, thanks for any advice. Bye-bye. Oh, my gosh. Twins, we know the challenges of having twins. So, because, uh, yeah, our twins have them. are a year apart. I know. It's so crazy how that worked out. <laughs> you appreciate me going first. Absolutely. I jumped into that pool first. Yes, it was yes. wonderful. It was yes. wonderful. But twins, they, it does. It brings its own challenges. But it also, I think, made me realize that they were a little more alike babies in general, mm -hmm. then we like to give them credit for, or well, that we know when, unless you see this many kids at one time. Yes. And so this question resonates in a couple of ways. And one of the first things that we want to say, other than congratulations, and you are about to have the wildest adventure of your life. We are so excited for what you're, what you have in store in your future with these guys. But we also want to say that it's okay, even when they're littler, if one of them has a shorter nap than the other and you end up spending like maybe, you know, 10 or 15 minutes more with one of the twins than the other, they're asleep. The other one doesn't know. They're not keeping track at three months old of how much time you're spending with them on their little tracking app that they keep in the side of the bassinet. I not promise. Happening. So it's okay to treat them somewhat individually. And then what we want to talk about with you today are the primary elements that you want to keep in place, just like Laura was saying, that apply across the board to all babies, to all of those natural rhythms that they have. And let's get you some longer naps. And and I think first off, we really have to talk about realistic expectations, right? Because right here at three months of age, we've got all kinds of transitions happening. We've got, we're coming out of the swaddle. We're beginning to learn how to roll over and explore that crib. So there's a lot of things that's coming into play at this point. So it really is according to where you are on removing that swaddle and getting that piece out of the way. And there is a great section in the book outline format, just like we love to do to make it really easy for you. That is called sleep three to six months and getting rid of the swaddle. So, you know, it's going to be time to make that transition and it's going to make such a huge difference. But 
all of the principles are in one place, super easy to follow. And that's in the Moms on Call zero to six month book um, that you can get, you know, people love to have the actual book book, but Uh, you can have it tomorrow. If you don't have it today, you can have it on, yeah, eBooks and iBooks and um, even an Audible Audible. if you just want to hear us talk through it. It's Laura and I, and we'll talk through the the principles for you in that way. Um, But let's just get you some tips for today that are going to help jumpstart your transition to getting at least two good hour, hour and a half naps during the day for these kids. So Jennifer, when you say an hour and a half nap, hour, hour and a half, of course, we're all thinking, oh, great. It's going to be an hour and a half of solid sleep, and I'm not going to hear them at all for an hour and a half. Well, that's how my naps go down. Yeah, I wish my, <laughs> you know, I wish my naps went that way. So we, we are going to set those realistic expectations right here. Yeah. So it should take about 10 to 20 minutes to fall asleep. They should sleep 30 to 45 minutes. They should wake up and make noises and fuss and whine out and cry eventually, hopefully in the next few weeks, learning how to roll over and putting that butt up in the air and getting back to sleep within about 20 minutes. That next cycle of sleep typically is a lot lighter than that first stretch. So they'll sleep on and off for another 30 minutes or so. That is a realistic expectation. Now, some kids do. Those kids that are just movement-oriented, we will have some kids. So it's not to say that if your kid is just like, you know, out for an hour to an hour and a half, that's great, that it's wrong. But it's more likely that you're going to have these really normal, what we call sleep patterns, which is 30 to 45 minutes in deep REM, about 15 to 20 minutes in what's called twilight sleep, where they're noisy, where they're moving around, where they seem like they might need some intervention. And then the second cycle, in two naps a day, there is a 30 to 45-minute REM cycle on the other side of that. So we want to pick which two naps we're going to work on each day so we can help set that little inner clock and also recognize, like, which times are we really going to be pushing this? Because when you have twins, you don't have as much... um, of your own <laughs> so true. mental prowess at, you know, all day long. So we want to be able to just consolidate that. And typically the, the first nap of the day is a really great choice, interestingly, even if they had a really great, nice, long stretch of sleep, which a lot of moms on call babies do at this age. And then, you know, maybe one at some point in the late afternoon. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey. 